Hello everyone and welcome to Catherine Lorimer's Guide to Life podcast. So this is week one of recovery, um, which is obviously not entirely where I was expecting to be. It should have been, I think it was week six marathon training, but there we go. These things happen and you just have to kind of get on with it. So uh, this week I had surgery. So uh, I went into the hospital on Wednesday for surgery on my ankle um, and it's, a, it's, it's not a straightforward operation. Um, I had to be there for 7.45 to see the consultant, the anaesthetist and the physio and a couple of other people for some pre-op assessments. And I was taken to theatre about 10am and I left at 1pm, so that's like a three-hour operation. So I say it was a complex, it was it was not straightforward. Um, so my consultant popped in to tell me that the operation had gone really, really well. Um, it was a really slow recovery though in the afternoon Um I needed oxygen, I had low blood pressure um, and, you know, I really wasn't feeling great and it took me about five hours to come around properly. Anyway, I was able, finally able to leave at six o'clock. Um, my cousin was an absolute uh, star because he not only did he taken me to work with him, but he also took me uh, home as well. And then uh, made me something to eat. I mean, what an absolute star he is. So uh, I had a a disturbed night's sleep, as you can imagine. I had to keep getting up to the loo and nearly falling over my crutches and <laughs> because I'd had to drink three jugs of water as part of my recovery because one thing that I have learned from this trip to the hospital is that if you have low blood pressure, it actually usually means that you need to drink more fluids. Um, but there we go. Anyway, so there we are. Thursday and um, the next day, um, I say I woke up about half past eight. I got up really, really slowly, had some breakfast, following advice from my cousin on how to manage my pain medication as well. He said, don't let it run out um, and then be in real severe pain. And then it takes a while to kick in. Make sure it's consistent in the sort of first few days. And he was right. I did that. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't in too much discomfort. I'm still having to sit with my leg elevated and also non-weight bearing. I did take it really, really easy um, the day after my operation because I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. You know, I can probably work and... Uh, my manager had uh, said, uh, "No, that's not a good idea." Um, she just she's just, she's a general manager of a hospital, and she said, uh, "You know, after an anaesthetic, it's going to hit you a little bit harder." So I agreed with her to take five days off instead. Um, and do you know what? Um, it was she was actually right. I say I was so tired. I had no strength. It's surprising how you know hard anaesthetics do. Um, yeah, do kind of like really, really hit you. So consequently, didn't do any kind of strength and conditioning training apart from 10 minutes with some resistance bands because I got a bit bored in the afternoon. Um, and I had prepared a couple of meals in advance so I could just heat them up in the microwave for me or get someone to heat them up, one of my neighbours, but actually managed to do it myself. Um, and I also slept loads through the day. It was like being ill. Um, and I say I wasn't really completely with it and maybe until the following evening and my foot was like so swollen I was saying describing it as elephant foot um it's uh it was like twice the size of the other one uh but they say keep it elevated the swelling will go down and and because I've been moving about on crutches last week I have been managing okay and uh, the cast has also been cut down so it's not quite as heavy it's kind of like a half half cut and then open at the front and then bandaged up and um, so I've got a bit of kind of wiggle room and I can move my foot in it but there we go. So Friday again was another struggle. Lots of dizziness and lightheadedness, and my foot was still really swollen. I uh, had to take some ibuprofen actually, which is an anti-inflammatory medication, just to really help reduce the swelling. Uh, and also, I had arranged to chat to 
Ben Turner, the adventure coach, who is coming up later on in the show at three o'clock on Friday. Um, and I have to say, I wasn't feeling the best. Um, I was feeling a bit low, if I'm honest. However, I spoke to Ben for 45 minutes and came away wanting to go for a walk up Snowdon with Pippa. And my mind was just filled with so many exciting possibilities about what I could do next. Um, even if I can't run, you know, I can still certainly walk in the hills. So many places left to explore on you know, foot and in the UK. Uh, and that that night, I actually managed to sleep upstairs um, for the first night again, rather than sleeping on the sofa. Um, so, you know, carry on, have a listen to Ben, because um, he's so inspiring, some of the things that he's done. It's absolutely amazing. And he really inspired me. And so on Saturday, um, I felt a bit better on Saturday, no lightheadedness, and my foot was nearly back to its normal size again. I managed to do a 20 minutes Joe Bridge class before my shower, working on my core, and so we've had some issues with the cat. We've had to leave the conservatory door all open for him all the time, which isn't really very secure. And, and they're not very helpful for the cat. He's not been happy. He's been a bit cold. Uh, so we've reinstated his cat litter tray. So at least uh, today's task is to work on getting up and down the step from the kitchen door so that I can now let Pippa in and out of the door in the morning and keep the door shut a bit more so the cat's a bit warmer. It all gets really complicated. And there's loads of little things that like this around the house that you just do and you just take for granted that I'm really having to think about how am I going to manage to be able to do that? Um, anyway, I had a better breakfast um, in the morning on Saturday morning so I was feeling a bit better. I wasn't really very hungry the day before either. I had loads of visitors as well. I, I seemed to have everyone at the same time. Um, my aunt, my cousin, my friend who made me lunch. I chatted with her into late into the afternoon. Two dog walker friends and neighbours came around. It was great to see everyone but by the end of the day I was absolutely exhausted. Can't tell you how tired I was just from talking to people Um now, I did take some paracetamol before going to bed, hoping it would last the night. And I did awake in quite a lot of discomfort about 12 a.m. And I have to say, I did lie and cry a few tears because I realised I was going to have to go downstairs <laughs> and get some more painkillers. And I got up and managed to get downstairs, back up, shut the conservatory door now because the cat was out before and, and now it was back in again. Popped to the loo, all in. 10 minutes which I have to say is quite good considering that it had taken me about 20 minutes to get crawl up and down the stairs when I first came home last week and if you think about how long it probably takes you normally just to walk up and down stairs right someone who can walk okay I want this week please I want you to time yourself going up and down the stairs and then someone just put on my Instagram account somewhere message underneath I time myself it took 25 seconds because I bet you that's probably how long it took and it's a it, it took me you know say when I first came back it took about 20 minutes to get up the stairs I literally had to go so slowly I was in so much discomfort but anyway um so at that moment I realized as well that I'd just been carrying on um and not really allowing myself to think about the accident and what had happened and the fact that I have actually broken my ankle I can't currently walk and unless I actually had surgery I would never be able to walk again and that's actually you know that's that's quite a scary thing to have to go to um and I think I, I wake up on Sunday at half past five um so finally getting up around you know seven o'clock so obviously needed the time just to allow myself to do stuff and I also managed to do uh, 20 minutes of Joe Bridges arm weights and 10 minutes of Pilates 
So I showered, went downstairs, made myself some breakfast. So these are simple morning tasks and they're all part of daily routine that you kind of need to go to kind of get yourself going through the day. And I say in a simple sentence, which say it doesn't in any way capture just how difficult um, doing breakfast was this morning. It was really difficult. The simple task of getting bacon out the microwave, putting it in the microwave to defrost in a tray under the then in, then in under the grill, getting a flatbed out of the freezer, popping it in the toaster, and putting some water in a pan so I could boil an egg. It was so easy to do those things, you know, two weeks ago before this happened. But now it's the equivalent of climbing a small Welsh hill in terms of strength and mental effort. It was so dizzy and I was feeling really lightheaded and dizzy, perhaps maybe due to hunger and dehydration and probably painkillers. Then I had to empty the dishwasher, which I can do from a seated position. And you have to keep going. And it's at times like these that I really think that my running training, putting one foot in front of the other, so you just keep moving forward, has so helped. It's made me so much stronger mentally. And now I have to deal with the mental effects of what has happened to me. I just feel unlucky. Um, I got an email from my second cousin in London saying, nothing seems to stop you. Hi, cousin. And another from the frothy coffee man saying, right, just take it easy because he knows what I'm like. Um, and I've reminded that the mind heals so much quicker than the body when you're recovering from something and you get frustrated because you can't do things. So it is really important to keep your mind busy. And that is where my podcast is really helping me. Um, because it's giving me something for my mind to do. And I keep, need to keep reminding myself that my body's been through three hours of surgery. I now have a slightly bionic foot and it's okay to feel sorry for myself a little bit. It's okay not to feel okay about this and it's okay to feel a bit down. I'm not blaming anyone though, not even myself, because it was an accident and it was unforeseeable, a result of, you know, something... You know, horses are unpredictable. You can't predict what they're going to do. Essentially, wild animals, they do strange things. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with not being able to run the London Marathon this year. I've got an amazing dog in Pippa. She's not whined at all when she's been out, you know, all year. She's just been absolutely fantastic. She's been out at unusual times, you know, being walked at different times by a variety of different people. And she's just been happily heading out for a walk with anybody, leaning over the sofa in the window going, right, okay, who's coming to pick me up today then? Because <laughs> it has been a bit like that. Um, the cat Winston is my new best friend. It could have been a lot worse. And I know somebody who got kicked in the face and has got metal plates in her face. And, you know, it could have been that. And, you know, that would have been so much worse. And I can't change what's happened. So what will sitting about the place, feeling sorry for myself, do? Nothing much, really. You know, Valentine's Day, hopefully, is a walk away. It's actually not. It's going to be the Friday. I'm really hoping, they say on the Friday, after they've x-rayed it, um, you know, you can have a boot and you can start putting weight back on it again, though. So I also am back to cooking as well on Saturday nights. Uh, I took it really easy. Uh, just did like a really simple kind of dish, but I'm making the most of this relaxing time because I know I'm just going to be soon be up and moving again and busy getting on with life arrangements, doing more things with my new friends. Because one thing that I have realized during this whole thing is how important having other people in your life is. And I've had some loads of TLC from friends today um, reminding me that I'd actually been through a lot and give, I have to give myself time to recover. Don't expect too much too soon. Um, 
I've had amazing support from somebody who I don't know that well, who messaged me straight away when she saw on Instagram what happened to say, look, my son, my mum and my somebody, a friend of hers all had their similar breaks and they were complicated. They've had surgery um, and they all came back to doing the things that they were doing and it'll be okay. And that was so reassuring of her. And what she is such a lovely, lovely person. Um, and it was just really nice to hear that and a bit reassuring. Um, and I also managed to walk up a step on the crutches as well today, which I'm really proud of. Because to tell you what, that takes balance and skill <laughs> to walk up a step on your crutches. And you have to have strength in your arms and you really have to think it through. It also means I can now get outside um, because I'm saying I'm starting to get cabin feverish. And getting out and about in the fresh air would do me really, really good. So that'll be the next thing. So I'm also thinking uh, to declutter a little bit and I need to pack up stuff um, in the loft when I, just, when I eventually move out house, which is just also a sign that I'm feeling better. So I'll continue through. So Monday, I say I, I woke feeling really, really tired on the Monday, did have a good night's sleep, uh, only having to get up once in the night for an extremely wobbly trip to the loo where I nearly fell over it a couple of times. But thankfully, the corridors in this house are quite narrow. So I did only fall out, just fell into the wall several times. Um, I didn't really want to do everything this morning, but I did push myself to do 20 minutes Pilates session. Then I was already warmed up. I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to do 20 minutes core. And then that, I've done 40 minutes exercise, even though I've got a broken ankle. So I'm really, really happy with myself. And I headed down and I had a really healthy fruit bowl breakfast to give my sugar a boost. My friend collected Pippa, unsure when she'd be back with her, so I decided to tackle some organising and cleared out a drawer in my bedroom which and quickly filling it with clothes that I had no previous no previous home to go to. I also sorted out um, a couple of other drawers, chucking away a load of stuff, um, a bin full of stuff and there's a box for loft half packed. I thought that's actually a good morning's work. So I headed downstairs to finish writing my podcast that I'd started in December, in September, but I hadn't got around to typing all the notes up from it. And that's now done. And that's a great podcast that'll be coming up later in the year. So I was also able to cook something else um, and I made something for two nights running, which is a great idea. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to sat and I'm now going to plan out all my meals for next week based on the mindful chef recipes that I'm receiving in the boxes because I've kept them all. They're in an A4 ring bind bind folder, if I can say that right. And, uh, you know, they're all kind of like ready to go. And so I can, I've got them all, might as well use them. So then I went onto Morrison's app and I ordered all the stuff and I thought, yeah, this is great. So although there are negatives to this, the one big thing I can't currently walk, there are more positives in that I have had more time to message people, like message my friends on the phone. And what I'm actually finding is rather than spending too much time on social media, I'm actually messaging my friends an awful lot more, you know, loads of times a day. And I'm, I'm getting so much more back from messaging my friends than I am from, you know, being on social media. Um, and I'm now I'm kind of just maybe putting one post a day up. And um, some days I haven't even bothered putting anything up. And it's all just to promote my podcast. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what, you know, social media is perhaps there for it. You can use it as that sort of tool. Um, but it's so I think, you know, although this has been life changing, I'm trying to stay positive and say that it's, you know, life changing you know, in a in a kind of really not a way that I was expecting it to be life-changing. It's life-changing in a positive way and that it's given me time to kind of reevaluate where I am in my life and what I want. And at that point, I'm kind of thinking, 
do you know what? I'm actually think I might be ready for another relationship. Um, so I think I probably am now. I'm at that stage. I'm ready to go out and date, which is great. I never thought I'd get here, but actually I have. So that's really, really good news. Um, so that's me up until something else happened um, on, I think it's the, yes, on the Tuesday. So uh, I'll I'll tell you more about that next week because that's an ongoing process um, as well. And it's if you've, anyone's been on my Instagram accounts, then you'll see it involves a yellow Labrador called Ollie. <laughs> We're now, uh, it turns out, Ollie and I are actually um, sort of have an injury on exactly the same leg. So to hear the story about Ollie and what's happening with Ollie, yeah, listen to my podcast next week because there'll be more about him next week um, and his his journey as well and how he's doing. But in the meantime, I'm so, so excited to introduce Ben Turner, the adventure coach. Um, interview with him is coming up. Hi, everyone. Now, don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. It's Catherine Ann Lorimer. And on Instagram, it's Catherine Lorimer 1973. And just for anybody who is wondering how Fran McNichol was getting on on the Gaucho Derby, which started yesterday, I'm just having a quick look to track her progress. Um, so distance covered up until 1546, obviously Patagonian time on the 9th of February, 81 kilometers in. So, you know, she's doing really, really well. So welcome to Ben Turner. Now, Ben's a trail runner, a mountain biker and an adventure coach. And he helps adventurous people go from being burnt out and lost to being ready for any adventure. So welcome to Ben. Thank you very much for the welcome. No, that's okay. Well, thanks very much for agreeing to be on the podcast, Ben. Really appreciate it. So just to get started. Yeah, great. So how did you get started on your kind of um, fitness adventure journey? That's a big question. Um, I think to give you the cliff notes, I was in the army for seven years. And before that, I was an army cadet. I was in the scouts. I did the explorer scouts, scouts, beavers, cubs, all of the rest of it from basically being outdoors, wanting to be Ray Mears as a kid to uh, now living something that is a bit more congruent to being an adult in the outdoors. So it's been an entire journey really from a relatively young age to where I am now and bring it wrong, I was still the short fat kid at school but I did have like a bit of an affinity for the outdoors and I guess some people might call it a relatively sheltered upbringing in the sense of we lived in the absolute arse end of nowhere <laughs> and my dad's my dad's trump card which I, it was a bluff I could never call was if I wanted to go to parties then um, I would have to cycle there in order to get to them <laughs> which is great if it wasn't 12 miles by main road yeah. to get there. So I just never did. So I ended up sort of, you know, setting the foundations, I guess, in place of being a relatively adventurous outdoorsy kid. You know, when he coached doing GCSE PE, I did instead of my assessment being on football or tennis or hockey, like everyone else did, I did rock climbing wow. and it was the only one to have ever done rock climbing and it ended up being really, really cool. And, you know, it just started this, this journey of something fun. And then, when I went to the army, I got into the proper world of adventure training. Like I'd done some as an army cadet, but when I say proper adventure training, I'm talking expeditions around the world, yeah. went to the Himalayas, went to seven and a half thousand meters in the Himalayas, which was really good. South Africa, all across the Alps, Tajikistan, unclimbed peaks in uh, Tajikistan, into the jungle, all sorts of different places, which was just amazing. Wow. And got 
many, 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 many qualifications and all of these things, which was good. I ended up doing that more than my actual job, which was fantastic for me, not so fantastic for my boss. And then ultimately, the reason I left the army was because I couldn't do it for a full time job. Like there was an opening. Um, it didn't come through. So I was like, well, maybe I've kind of come to the end of this journey and maybe I need to go and do it as a, you know, as a civilian and learn how to be an adult. And then um, in the journey of learning to be an adult, I was also learning what another business was. And that kind of got me into doing more different challenges, thinking, hey, Ross Edgley can do this. So why can't I, even though Ross Edgley is like leaps and bounds ahead of what, of, of me. And um, lucky enough, got to got to know him quite well and sort of talked about some of his adventures and joined him on a couple. And he helped me train for a couple of mine. And I ended up kind of starting this journey of, being, of, of like, well, maybe I can do this more. You know, how do I how do I? How do I monetize this? Well, perhaps I do this through coaching. Perhaps I do this through blogging. Perhaps I do this through influence, like whatever it is, trying to figure out what all these things are. And I kind of find myself falling over, you know, now coaching and helping and leading people to to do similar things of their own. Fantastic. So when did you set the adventure coach up then? Where or when, sorry? When? Um, Well, I left the army in 2018. And then I pretended to know what a business was for about 18 months, where I also had the best year of my entire life. I I lived in the back of my car. I upgraded. After six months of living in my car, I upgraded to a van, which was wonderful on the inside. But if you saw it driving down the street from the outside, you'd probably lock your door. Um, (laughs) And then upgraded to an eccentric millionaire's mansion on the west coast of Scotland, which indeed was not my house, but I did tell everyone that it was. Um, And while I was there, you know, working jobs on the side, I was, I was learning how to, you know, what is a service? How do I help people? Have I got anything worth saying? And people started following on with my challenges because I loved doing those. You know, I'd go off and run 40 miles or across the mountains or something after I've just run 50 miles to get there and it would take two days and then overnight wild camp, that sort of thing. It'd be really, really cool. And, or I'd do, you know, three peaks rope climb or just something mental and people like following on with those. And then yeah. I started coaching people on the side, just thinking, oh, this is interesting. I can influence what people are eating and moving and how they're spending their time. So I guess I set up the business really, what are we in now, 2024, in 2019, perhaps just before lockdown. Okay. So was that then challenging then having set it up and then having to move into lockdown? Well, I mean, I feel quite grateful in the fact that uh, – or fortunate rather in the fact that lockdown is probably the best thing that could have happened um, for me personally. I know a lot of people had a lot more of a difficult and different experience, but um, I ended up being in a position where I was training and studying nutrition a lot more in depth. And okay, it takes me a little bit longer to learn things than most other people. Let's say I've got to read things a couple more times for it to sink into the gray matter. But instead of it being, you know, six to eight hours of study per week, I could do 10 to 12 hours of study per day, six days a week because I had nothing else to do. Okay. So it was great. So that then ended up taking on more clients, starting to work with people, understand what that meant. I mean, the only difficulty was having to, you know, move house and redundancy from jobs, really, when it came to lockdown. But it was a a blessing in disguise, for sure. Okay, that's good. And that something sort of positive has come out of that. That is really good. Yeah, indeed. So say, for example, I was to come along and say, right, okay, I want to go and, you know, do something. Like, what's the kind of process? How does it work? Well, two types of people come to me. Um, there are people who just want to get healthier, fitter. Maybe they want to lose weight. You know, they just want to. They want to do something to improve their health and fitness. And they probably vibe with my outdoorsiness. They probably think, "Hey, this guy seems pretty fun. 
He likes going out into mountains. I like doing outdoorsy things. I don't really want to go to a gym. Maybe this is the guy for me to help me. And the other type of person is I specifically want to train to go to Mount Tubacal in the Atlas Mountains, or I specifically want to train for the Ultra Trail Snowdonia 50K, or I specifically want to train for this particular thing. And then we work out how best to approach that in terms of your physical development, mm. in terms of nutrition manipulation. And what I focus in on mostly is then the mindset development of it. So it's all fine and good having a training plan and the diet stuff. Like that's on the whole of it. It's the, the simple stuff to do. It's not always easy to implement, but it's simple in terms yeah. of black and white on paper. Um, the not so simple thing is how do you apply that to your life? How do you apply that to having kids and dogs and jobs and all these different things that are competing for your attention? And what it ends up being is we end up having calls with a lot of my clients where to just hold space for them to just unload what's going on. And then we find productive ways of working through it. The way I describe it is it's a bit like if I'm working one-to-one, so I have one-to-one clients, so I have my adventure readiness challenge, which is more of a group environment. If I'm working one-to-one with somebody, they come to me with a problem. It's a bit like you and I are stuck on the side of a mountain and it's raining it's cold, it's windy, it's potentially we're a little bit lost and we're just trying to figure out everything and we don't quite know what we're doing and it's there's more of a opportunity for us to panic perhaps or to you know have negative thoughts and to feel like we're you know treading water in treacle and, and, and everything mm. feels like you know there's a the potential to go wrong. Well life's a lot like that isn't it? So yeah we end up working through those and you find the correct action steps to work through it. It's not all about doing push-ups and squats and eating carrots and vegetables. It's about, yes, that's the easy stuff. Let's make that non-negotiable. Let's let, let's make that a standard. Let's figure out how we can best do that around the individual. But then it's a case of, right, well, how do you apply that to your life? Mm. You know, if you've got, if, if your world is just is blowing up around you, how do, how do we keep our head straight? How do we still progress forward when it gets hard? Because it does get hard. Mm. You know, I've had clients who have self-confessed to me, you know, that December controls them. They don't, detro- they don't, they don't control December, you know, and they've come out the other side of the month being like, I've been 100% in control. I've enjoyed Christmas. I've indulged a little bit because it's Christmas and why not? And I'm back into it. I feel like I've progressed through, the, through December. And on the whole, I've actually lost weight through December, perhaps, or I've maintained my training or whatever it is without thinking, well, December the 1st is round, so I'll just hit the sod it button and I'll see you on the 1st of January. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's it's just finding differences like that or just navigating some of life's challenges. No, I don't have all the answers at all, but I'm very good at asking questions. And throughout my life experience as well, we can find a way through each individual person's challenge, of course, within my qualification and remit. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, it's it's great, you know, to kind of have like a healthy eating plan and healthy exercise plan. But I know from my own personal experience as well, it's actual mental strength that gets you through everything. And, you know, if you put yourself through challenges, um, which I, I know I have been doing myself through my, you know, been doing half marathon, started running last year and I, I did a marathon last year as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is the mental strength that then you take that and it helps you definitely with everyday life. And it, it just makes mm-hmm. everyday life sort of issues, you know, it, it just, it just makes them sort of more manageable, if that makes sense. I guess my, my ethos in the world is the reason I call myself the adventure coach. What's all that about? Well, it's health and fitness, it's mental resilience, it's personal development, 
in an adventurous setting. Like I firmly, wholeheartedly believe that we need to get more and more people in the great outdoors, into mountains, doing things mm. safely and effectively because you're going to generate competence because you're able to do something. And with competence comes confidence. And if you go through your life, a more confident version of you, you're, you're going through life with a more fulfilled version of you. You know, I think that in the world, according to Ben, embracing adventure is going to help you live a happier and healthier and more fulfilling life. Right. That's, that's what I think. Mm. And in order to do that, if I create something called the adventure coach, I'm going to get you fitter. I'm going to get you healthier. I'm going to get you working on your habits and your routines and just dialing in all the knobs and dials that are going to improve your life. And then we're going to prove that by encouraging you to climb mountains, to show you exactly what you need to do for your first ever solo wild camp, to go for a 50k ultramarathon or to do your first 5k run. And I've had clients from one side of the spectrum all the way to the other, like one person who has never gone on a solo adventure at all. And they went on their own to this like woodland national natural park kind of place um that was eight and a half miles away from their house okay versus i've had someone else who has gone off to nepal to do everest base camp <laughs> yeah. and everything and everything in between you yeah. know but when you expose yourself to that level of adventure on any like it's not the level of prowess it's the level of your stretching of your comfort zone yeah. When you express your, when you expose yourself to that, you are making yourself stronger. You are making yourself better. You are making yourself the pathway for a more enjoyable journey through life. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Because I remember when I was like younger, my parents were always keen, you know, getting us out and about into like the, you know, walking up mountains and stuff. And, you know, many's the time we've spent getting lost on this hill with my dad with a map, trying to read it, usually getting, you know, it was in the complete wrong direction. But you learn sort of basic skills from actually doing those. And I think now people have kind of moved away from that. And I, I completely agree with you. I think that it's important, you know, for people to start going back, you know, you know, and being a little bit more adventurous and getting out there because you do learn so much, don't you, by just being, you know, kind of out in the wild. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, let's say, you know, oh, Ben, I, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I've got kids. So I've got stuff to do. We're well, coming into summer. In summer, sunrise is at flipping half past one in the morning. Mm. So by the time summer comes around, the mornings are getting lighter. Get up before your kids. Take a coffee and a flask. Go and sit on top of a local hill that's two miles away from your house, unless you live in Norfolk, in which case, stuffy. <laughs> and, and sit and watch the sunrise. Don't mm -hmm. take your phone. Nobody needs to see a picture of it. Instagram doesn't care about it. doesn't need to see it. But just have that moment for yourself. And just feel how better that day will be. And then one day you'll be like, I'm going to get kids up and I'm going to do that. And I had a client who did exactly that. We did a um, dawn hike up to the top of Snowdon. And this mum and her kid, they'd never even looked like considered climbing a mountain, let alone down Snowdon. And okay, we did Lamberis Path, which is relatively simple. Yeah. It is a long day out, but it is relatively simple. But we started at half past four in the morning. And you try and get you try and get a twelve year old out of bed at half past four in the morning, mm. let alone to Lamberis in the dark. And it was a full moon up to I think we got to sunrise at I think it was like half past seven. We must have been in uh, I want to say like October sort of time of year. So, you know, not fantastic for a super early start, but um we got to sunrise at the summit um for about half past seven 
and we had the beautiful dawn. It was wonderful. One of the rare days that Snowdon was actually not covered with cloud on top because it had, it's one of those weird hills that can be fantastic for nine tenths of the journey, but yeah. the top will always be covered in snow. Yeah. And <laughs> or cloud you know, we got there, we yeah. had the sunset. It was beautiful. He called his grand to say, I'm on top of Snowdon. <laughs> and they just had the most amazing time. And it just, it, it really shows how much that can just ignite something different. And yes, okay, the 12-year-old said, I'm never going to do that ever again in my entire life. And then three months later, he came and did Cadridris with us all, <laughs> so, which is an even harder mountain to climb and you know, a tougher day out. And he came and did it. And you know, it, things like that will stick with him. Why do mm. I know that? Because I used to do things like that as a kid, and they've stuck with me until, you know, I'm 31 now, so they've stuck with me until that time as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you because they have stuck with me. And it's funny you should say that about just going and sitting on top of a hill because I know if there's ever a time that I need to go and think, I go to either, um, I'm sort of, you know, I'm not too far from you, so I tend to go to Bickerton Hill. That's quite a good place mm. to see and you can kind of see, you know, all over the kind of the Shropshire Plain and Cheshire and everything. And that for me is yeah. probably my thinking place. Um, but there's nothing Absolutely. better than just to sit and, and just think and just kind of, you know, yeah, it's, I think it's definitely really quite important for mental health because I don't know, it just is just something about being kind of in the open air and just maybe, maybe it's kind of bringing yourself back into the moment because you're more aware, aren't you, of your surroundings yeah. and everything. And therefore you don't have to worry too much about what maybe have happened in the past or what's going on in the future because you're just concentrating in the here and now. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so what do you think have been your personal most important achievements uh, that's an interesting question uh, kind of, is there anything that you kind of stand out and think yeah I did that and that made me feel spectacular it was a spectacular achievement Okay, so if we rewind the clock to 2011, the 3rd of October 2011, I joined the army. And it took four months to go through army training. And I passed that. And then you go into phase two training where I was, I was an intelligence analyst. So you went to Defence School of Intelligence and you learn all that sort of stuff. And then got promoted and came out of that. And that was good. And I, by the time I was fully trained, I then deployed to my first unit and... When I got there, it hit the ground running. You know, I was then posted to an infantry unit. I was the intelligence analyst for that infantry unit, did all their training and deployed to Afghanistan six months later. And I guess at the time, I was quite young and naive in my head, but I didn't really realize, like, I don't know, the weight of going to Afghanistan didn't really hit me at all mm. throughout the entire tour. I think I was quite lucky in that sense. And he was like, okay, I, this is a job in a hot place now. And got through that, but I spent... Yeah, I think by the time I came back, I could then appreciate what it is I've just gone through. I'm yeah. like, wow, I've, you know, I've had to grow up pretty quick because I dropped out of college because I hung around with the wrong people and I was a bit of a dick. Um, and, you know, had to grow up pretty quick. Mm. I hadn't really grown up very quickly, to be honest. I was still quite young in my head and naive. And I thought maybe, you know, maybe this is the start of something new here. So then I started training for special forces selection and did that for three years. Wow. And... It was three attempts. It wasn't successful, but I got really, really far into it and got a lot of stuff done. You know, first time I was 20 years old, so I was pretty young in my head and I knew I was young in my head. The second time um, I broke my knee on a tree, you would have thought I'd seen that. 
And the third time, I was three years into it, and I was just so exhausted with what I was doing. I didn't actually know why I was there, apart from to just be absolutely battered by people that I, you know, genuinely respected. Mm. And that kind of that kindled something for me because I understood what it meant to like fully immerse my like i obsessed over joining that unit i knew everything about it i would read all the books i'd watch everything i would study everything i was supremely fit by that point and i was i was there i was in it and i, I realized that there was something there about that just that single-mindedness for that certain task that i'd learned something new about myself mm-hmm. so i started applying that to doing different challenges and the first one was the glencoe skyris because while i was training for um selection i did a bunch of anywhere between 50 and eight, uh, 50 kilometer and 80 mile ultra marathons. Wow. Um, with a 25 kilo rucksack on because I thought it'd be good training because yeah. I needed to do like long distance training, but the allure of being at a race meant that I had cover of safety and tracking and everything. And they were really good to me actually, the company, because they didn't pack up until I'd crossed the line. And after I'd done five of them that year, the fifth one, I actually didn't come last, which was quite nice. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know that was quite a nice journey, and I was like, "Well, you know, this is all fine and good, but let's run a race and see what happens." And I did the Glencoe Sky Race, which, for those who don't know, is um, I want to say it's thirty-eight kilometers, but I could be wrong. Thirty-eight kilometers from Kinlochleven um, around the southern mountains of Glencoe and the northern mountains of Glencoe, so the Anakiga, the nar- narrowest mountain ridge in the UK, and you're running the whole thing. And it was ridiculously hard. It was a warm day, and it was at that point the hardest thing I'd ever done, mm. and I thought I wasn't going to finish it and I was nowhere near going to come first. It was the year that Killian Journey broke the record for it. And he, he just um, unbelievably amazing. But I looked at the clock and I was 121st. And I was like, I reckon I could get in the top hundred. Like that'd be an amazing goal. Mm. And I had to do this absolute stonker of a hill, 900 meters, solid descent. It was just horrible. And I struggled to get up there. And then I got onto the Anarchy, this super narrow ridge, and I'm like, right, I'm in, I'm in Ben's territory now. I can move over this pretty quickly. So I started taking, like, crossing people and passing people, and just really like picking up the speed. Yeah. And I let, just left everything out, everything out of the trail, and pushed as hard as I could, and finished 99th place. So I was pretty happy with that. And I got to the end, and I was like, I wonder what I could do next. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of started a cascade of different challenges. Then. It was the Three Peaks rope climb next, so the height of the Three Peaks Challenge, add it all up, and then climb it up and down a 20-foot gym rope climbing um, climb centre up in Scotland. That was horrible. Um, <laughs> do that in 12 hours. Wow. So, like, to add a bit of... Because the Three Peaks Challenge is, you know, Ben Nevis, Scarfell, Snow, yeah. in 24 hours, right? But I've done that many, many, many times, guided it many, many times, and you, ha- you have to kind of allow for 11 hours of driving, right? So I thought, well, I'm not driving anywhere because I'm in a climbing wall climbing a rope. So... Let's see if I can do it in under 12 hours. That seems reasonable. And did. And raised money from Mountain Rescue. It was amazing. It was a really, really good challenge. And that was, again, at that point, the hardest thing I'd ever done in my entire life. I'd never hurt so much in my entire life than doing that challenge. And I got to the end. I was like, wonder what I could do next. (laughs) And then it was 16 marathons in 16 days in all 16 national parks. There are 15 national parks. And the, the final one was the National Park City in London for its official launch. Again, that was pretty tough because I was driving my van, catering for myself, driving myself between each marathon, which is quite a lot of driving. Um, I was broke both of my knees at the time through a bit of, well, I say broke, that sounds dramatic, but I got bursitis in both of my knees. Um, so running became pretty difficult. And then finished the last one, crossed the line of the last one. These are all kind of, self-organized routes right and um 
finished the National Park City, went straight to the launch of the National Park City, had a quick talk, went for a beer, and that was that challenge done, which was, again, really cool. I was like, oh, I wonder what I can do next. <laughs> and then it was off to Iceland for three and a half thousand kilometers of solo bikepacking around Iceland. And it's just wow. the point I'm trying to make here is what, you know, one, what achievement stands out is what you asked and i feel like it's not necessarily achievements it's the things that i've learned from those achievements like i like to think i've done some stuff yeah. but you know but nothing particularly special what's special is the attitude that you gain and grow experience that you gain and grow from doing those things so for that for me it was like the feeling of i wonder what i can do next yeah. and then i was like hang on a minute that's the key well if i'm adventure coaching people if i'm coaching people and leading people to do things that they've never done before I want them to finish that experience and go, huh, yeah. didn't know I could do that. I wonder what I can do, do next. Because yeah. when, when you live a life where you have that sense of stimulus, nothing's ever the same again. And then, you know, you can progress and do all these cool things. But I'll always say, you know, it's becoming over achieving. Achieve, the achievement's great, but the achievement is just, if you're driving up the motorway, the achievement is passing the road sign that says that you're going in the right direction. Mm. Who you become along the way is all part of the journey. And the more that you see that, I wonder what I can do next feeling, and you experience that, you become someone entirely different. So I guess there are a few things that kind of stick out as things that I'm particularly proud of. You know, the decision to leave the army, I'm particularly proud of. It was a difficult decision. The decision to leave a relationship, which I didn't realize was detrimental to me until the point I'd left it, mm. point I'm particularly proud of. You know, there are things that I've done which I, I am genuinely proud of. There are also things that I've done that I think I failed at, which no one else will say I've failed. It's just me. But more, more so is I'm particularly proud of living a life where I'm learning more and more and more things about myself. Yeah, because you're growing and evolving all the time. And like some of the things that you've just said you've done, I mean, Ben, they're pretty amazing, you know, to have done all of those things and to have achieved all of those things, you know, uh, that's absolutely phenomenal. It really is. Definitely. It's, you know, it's absolutely amazing. You know, you should be so, so proud of yourself because, you know, you, you think that, you know, uh, hey, I've got to 50 and, you know, I've been up Snowden a couple of times and halfway up, you know, Ben Nevis and I'm thinking, right, no, okay. And I'm thinking, right, what can I do next then? You know, which is, you know, kind of, I think that's kind of what I get about, you, you know, I've sort of seen you on Instagram and stuff and I always find that your posts are really, really inspiring and I kind of get that, you know, that's who you are. You want to inspire people to go and do more things. Oh, social media is a tough one. I, I, I genuinely, I kind of struggle with social media because do you know what really gets me? You know, you, you can get a camera and this, I'm seeing a lot of this and I hope that you can back me up on this. Like you can see a lot of this when you're scrolling through reels because we all do it. Mm. You know, you're scrolling through reels and they'll be like, this is day one of me taking an ice bath every day in January or until next Christmas. Or this is day one of me doing this thing until I reach a million followers. Yeah. And these people, I'm, I'm just a bit jealous, really, but these people are gaining massive followers within six posts. Yeah. And then you see people who are like, oh, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swallow this potato without chewing. And the guy looks like an absolute beaver. And <laughs> now he's got millions of followers, massive thing, getting all this free stuff, getting all this, you know, and it's like, this is ridiculous. And honestly, with me, it kind of dis I find it a bit disillusioned with social media because you try and pump out value and help people when you yeah. get you know a small following i am just whinging now but i find it difficult because it's so fickle yeah that 
I'm just simplifying it myself. And I'm starting this year, I'm starting completely new pages, completely new accounts and doing it solely for me so that I can put out what I actually want to put out, not what I think I should put out on socials and just just enjoy the process a bit more. And if that's a really cool mountain bike video, then that's a really cool mountain bike video. If it's a client testimonial, then it's a client testimonial. And if it's a trending audio video thing where I might have something motivational to say in the caption, then great. But I want people to come to my social media and it's about it's about the business. And by that, I mean, you turn up and you think, right, now I'm pumped up to do something. I'm going to go and do something. Mm-hmm. I.e., you, you read a post or you see something and you think, great, that's hit me in the right place. I'm going to go do something now. Yeah, and you know, that, so it's not like all sales or anything. It's just I, I just want you to be pumped up, you know. Yeah, and like that's exactly, I'm exactly the same when I see some of the social media posts, and I'm just thinking, but they're all kind of fake, and you've got loads of followers, but you haven't yeah. actually done anything. But actually, I want to be able to inspire people to go and do things, you know. And I, I am getting people now sort of saying to me, "Well, I've you know, I, you know I've seen that you're doing that, and actually, you know, I've realised that I have a bit of an issue with that, and I'm going to go and get that sorted out now. Or, you know, I've seen that you've gone and done this, and I'm going to go and do that. And that's kind of what I want to do as well to actually, you know, say, look, I'm a real person. I'm going to go and do all these things um, and have a look at my posts, and then hopefully you'll think, yeah, I'm going to go and do something similar because, as you say, it's all about you know evolving and growing, you know rather than mm-hmm. just somebody who gets you know like millions of followers you know as i say just because you've sat in some ice bath <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. you know they haven't really achieved anything have they at the end of the day not really <laughs> yeah exactly i mean don't get me wrong you know like i said i'm just jealous of these people because they're making massive massive followings but you know then you can monetize that following then you can create your business and it's amazing it's the dream it's 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 the it's the you know 2020s dream now that people can do um, but I do find it a little bit mental where every other reel you see is just mindless garbage. If, yeah. I, if I throw it out there, no. you know, that's kind of what it is. I completely agree with you. And it, I say it's not real, you know, it's, you know, it's, yeah, which I find frustrating as well, but it's the only way we can kind of reach people, isn't it? And just say, actually, you know, this is actually real. We're going doing real stuff. So you'll get more yeah. out of this than you will just sitting on your phone, scrolling through, looking at, strange things that other people have actually been doing with their time yeah exactly so if anybody sort of is listening to this and has never done anything adventurous before can you just give them some kind of a beginner advice on how they get started well look i mean i'm an adventurous kind of guy with a bias to the mountains like i think you know adventure is a pretty broad spectrum you could go to a different tesco's and call it an, an adventure but i'm I'm fully in the camp that we need to spend more time in hills and mountains specifically, you know, whether you're running, biking, hiking, or climbing, doesn't really matter. But in order to start, you've got to figure out where you're at. Now, loads of people would be like, I'm put off because, you know, I'm not going to climb Snowden if I've never even looked at a mountain, let alone climbed a mountain. And I'm here to say, look, let's not overcomplicate it. Look around you. Do you have hills around you? You know, can you open up Ordnance Survey maps and check out a hill? If you don't know how to read a map, then that's different. That's a different story, and, and that's something we can work on. But ultimately, you could have a look around, see where your hills, your national trust areas, or your um, different areas of na- outstanding natural beauty, or visitor centres, or, or forestry commission centres, those sort of things, and just go and explore. If you can run, great, go run. If you can hike, great, go hike. 
if you want to get a dog, it's the best investment in your health and fitness to so get a dog, <laughs> you know, and just go and have some time and do it on your own. Now, here's an interesting perspective I've seen from a few clients now. They're like, oh, I don't feel right doing that on my own. Like, who do I tell? And who do I tell about it? How can I share that? And you know what? I totally get it. I totally get it. And I've done 90% of my challenge, like adventurous challenges alone. And yes, okay, it would be amazing to be able to share that with someone in the time, in the moment. So you can nudge them and be like, hey, man, do you remember that time that we did this? And they were like, oh, God, what a day. But equally, if you don't have that, then you have to revisit that point, that story, that journey in your head every single time you tell someone. Mm. And some of the best experiences of my entire life have been on my own, cycling in Iceland, humpback whales in the sea next to me and i've got to tell somebody about that every like i've got to revisit that that situation that scenario that moment in my head every single time i tell them about it now i'm not saying you're going to find humpback whales in your local forest but <laughs> what i'm saying here is you don't know what you're going to find and if you have zero confidence try it mm. just try it like I, I i'll tell you right now just go and do something if you want to, join the National Trust. I don't know what membership is. Like, what, 20 quid a year? I don't know. Could quote, don't quote me because I don't know. But Or twenty, maybe it's 20 quid a month. Like, that's going to give you a network of different places to go. There's going to be a guaranteed cafe, guaranteed maps, guaranteed signposts. You're not going to get lost. Loads of people. You're safe. You're in a great place. And these are areas that are like, you know, they're protecting the nature and the beauty of the place. So you're going to have a really nice wild experience. So let's say you go to the Longmind, for example. For those who don't know, the Longmind is a beautiful part of mm. the Shropshire Hills area of outstanding natural beauty. You pay, albeit a relatively steep price for parking, but, but hey, they've got to they've got to look after the place and pay people somehow. So you pay for parking, and you go for a walk up the hills. You follow some tracks up. There's a map. You follow the track down. You have a nice circle route. You've had an amazing time. You've looked at some amazing views. You've sat there and you've done that typical British thing of. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's nice to be outside, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I feel that fresh air. Look at that nature. And do you know something? It's freaking great. Yeah. It's it brilliant. And you'll do that and you'll think, amazing. I wonder if I can climb a mountain. I wonder what I can do next. Mm. And if it's that, then it's like, oh, I wonder what's the next place we could go to. What's this wood here? Nestcliff Hill. Oh, I've never been there. I'll go there. Not many, not not as many people go there. So maybe it's going to feel a little bit more wild. Great. I'll go there try something new, try something new, and you do the next thing. And then maybe you'll realize, hmm, do you know what? I'm struggling with my fitness, so maybe I need to work on that. Okay, in which case, you're going to be working on that, and you're going to do something new, and you're going to help yourself become a fitter, stronger, healthier version of you to then build some competence so you have the confidence to go and climb a mountain, for example. Mm. So in order to start, make it easy. Yeah, Make it easy. Lower the bar enough so that you know you can achieve the goal because if you're just starting something and you have zero confidence or you have low confidence, you need to stack wins. You need to stack of undeniable proof that you can do this. And if you go all in to Everest Base Camp, it's your very, 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 very first thing with nothing in that journey between A and B that proves that you can do it, then you might just talk yourself out of it. You might have imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs, all the rest of it. So go do something easy. And then once you've done it, go do something else that's maybe not as easy and so on and so forth, and then just enjoy the process of doing. No, I completely agree with you. And you touched on this briefly as well, but this is one of my questions. What are the benefits of having a dog? 
I mean, what's the negatives of having a dog? <laughs> I mean, I have a dog as well, but I just think they're great company, aren't you? Because although, you know, you say you go and you may be walking alone, you're actually never alone if you've got your dog with you. No, my, my dog is a rescue. I've got him from the Dogs Trust and he's my absolute best friend. And without him, I'd be in a much worse place than I am. And dogs are, we were talking about this yesterday, actually. Um, dogs are beings that only know unconditional love or only require unconditional love. They will give you unconditional love. And they know how to experience true joy and happiness mindfully in a moment, mm. whether it's a ball, a stick, a water or a snowy hill, whatever it is. We've all seen dog videos on, on Instagram. That's what Instagram's for. But the benefits of having a dog is they require exercise and they count on you wholeheartedly for everything. Good food, good fizz, good cuddles and a place to sleep. Mm. And when you have that responsibility, you could have the crappiest day in the world. And I've had some crappy days and you get there and you think the last thing you want to do is go outside, go for a walk, go for a run, whatever. And then that dog will look at you and you're like, do you know something? I've got to take him for a walk. Mm. And it could only be a short walk and that's fine. He'll forgive you or she'll forgive you. But at least it's out for a walk anyway. And you would have done something that you wouldn't have done otherwise, that you would have found it easy to chin off. And you might just find that you'll walk for a little bit longer you might just find if you're anything like me, you'll end up talking to yourself and setting the world's rights. <laughs> you might just find that, you know, that you just feel better. You sleep better after doing that. Maybe your first thing in the morning is to, you know, take the dog outside because he's dying for a pee and you've got to go and stand outside and you're drinking a pint of water while you're watching your dog bounce around the garden. That's what I do. And then as the year goes on, that time becomes sunrise. And all of a sudden that time is like sacred. You know, never mind all of this ridiculous stuff about morning routines about how they should have a million things going on in your morning routine i'll tell you what my morning routine is right now i get out of bed i put a pair of shorts on i grab a shaker of water like I, I, i'm a child so i just drink out of shakers so there's that's 800 ml of water and i walk outside with the dog because he needs to go for a pee and he'll run and bounce around the garden and i'll sit and i'll stand outside in just a pair of shorts no matter what the weather's doing and i'll drink that water and i'll watch Ernie do his thing <laughs> and in the summer the first thing I feel in the morning is like warm sunshine and there is nothing else like it. Mm. And, and that's, that's my morning routine. Then it's into my day, breakfast, work, go, you know, or fizz or training or whatever my day has in, in store. Like that's a morning routine and your dog will help you just solidify those routines because they need it. They mm. count on you for routine. Yeah. So they help your health in so many different ways. Yeah. I mean, I certainly, you know, um, for my mental health, my dog has been sort of instrumental. Again, I wasn't planning on getting another dog, um, but, um, you know, circumstances meant that she was um, my neighbor's puppy. Um, she had some a litter of puppies and there was this one, mm. this large Labrador that was left. So, you know, I ended up having her. But do you know what? I wouldn't be without her because she's been absolutely fantastic. Um, and like he's like, you know, you, you say, right, you know, you, you kind of go out with them in the mornings or in the evenings and they're always with you. And they she's just, you know, and she they, she depends on me. But then also, you know, she's kind of really attentive and she's checking that I'm OK. And yeah, and there's a spe really special bond, isn't there? I think if you if you have a dog in your life. Yeah, 100 percent. 100%. Yeah, brilliant. 
Okay, Ben. Well, thanks very much. That has been honestly absolutely amazing interview. Um, there's honestly, I can't believe that you have actually done so much, um, so many inspiring things. So, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, how do they do that? I guess the easiest thing is, as well as I'm trying to branch out on social media, Instagram's probably the easiest place. Okay. Um, so, I'm either at Ben Turner Coach or um benton adventures which will be the new one which i'm slowly but surely populating in the in the sort of slow time in the background otherwise always further adventures is another one that's my adventure guiding company actually is a solid and i'll be on there all the time i think that's about it really okay. yeah or you know ben turner coach across any other social media platform really so if you ter- if you search ben turner i've usually got a colorful face picture as my profile picture that's usually me and if it's full of random things, including dogs and mountains and food and stuff, then that's nine times out of ten, that's going to be me. Okay, brilliant. Well, honestly, I really would urge anybody that's listening to this, if you're thinking about doing something adventuring, then just get you know get in touch with Ben, because I've seen some of the things that he's done, and it looks absolutely awesome. And I think you're going to be having um, like some different retreat things coming up, aren't you? Which I am hoping to get along to one of them, because they, they sound really, really good. Yes, we're just working through some of the red tape and some of the insurance and bits and pieces for that. But yes, for this year, we've got our first five um, Always Further Adventure retreats. And I do monthly guided hikes from March to October as well. Okay, so how do we find out about those? If you go on Instagram to Always Further Adventures or Facebook to Always Further Adventures, all of the details are there. And that is a great way to go just to find the details out while the um, website is still under construction. So I'm still working on that, ready for booking links and things. But we go, we're live on social media at the point of recording this now. And then hopefully by the time it's out, the links will all be populated anyway. So we should be good to go by then. Okay, perfect. All right then. Well, again, thanks very much. That's Ben Turner, the Adventure Coach. Right, so I really, really hope you enjoyed listening to Ben because he is honestly, he was, and I, he's just inspiring. Um, and like we had a bit of a chat after the in, actual interview, and I said, I was like, Ben, you're amazing. You know, you're 30 and you've done so many amazing things. I'm 50 and I've walked up Snowdon maybe about two or three times, um, Mulvammer a couple of times, and a little bit up Ben Nevis, and you've just done all of these outstanding things, and you're just saying them as if, you know, they're, they're just like, you know, just I can't even begin to put into words um, some of the things that he's done, uh, you know, and he's just so inspiring. And I really, really hope you, you know, you got something out of that. Um, and I said to him, you know, I am going to come along and go on some of his walks when I can walk again. And I am really, really looking to, forward to doing that. And obviously I will be doing a podcast about it. So massive, massive thanks to Ben um, for coming on and chatting to me on this show. And I hope you guys all have an absolutely amazing week. And we will catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>